so talking about that identity security, we've kind of talked about that with careers and then, and then within our own selves. But then what about like in relationships, identity in relationships? Like how do you define that identity in a relationship? Mm. Um, and then on top of that, how do you keep that identity or, st- or better yet, still develop your own identity while in another relationship or while mm. in a relationship with somebody? Are we talking about like a dating relationship or a hmm. friendship or? <laughs> I think, I think friendship, it, it, it's, it's a little easier to, to kind of see your identity in a friendship because mm. you see what that person has to offer and same thing. And I guess that can carry over to a, a dating relationship, but yeah. I think more, more in a dating relationship because oftentimes people get so consumed by those types of relationships than, yeah. than just a friendship. Yeah. And they, they want to spend every moment, every second with that person, mm. yet still trying to build a, a self-view, self-identity mm. within that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't speak a ton to the dating relationship part because I have not been in a lot of dating relationships, but I can speak to the friendship piece yeah. because I have made a fair amount of friends in my life. And one of my favorite sayings is that we are not owners of God's people. We are stewards. Mm. And meaning that we hold, we hold people with an open hand and that we never have a closed fist approach of like, you are mine, you are my friend, and almost become possessive of people. Nobody ever feels truly loved if they feel like, bound or tied or you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I know in marriage there's that covenant that you know you have that covenant for life but it's two whole and complete individuals coming together complementing one another hopefully pursuing the things of God and so in life I think everyone's mission should be how do I become a whole and complete individual lacking nothing because I have everything that I need in the Lord However, we do need people like God created us for community because in the garden, Adam was with God in the garden and yet God said, it's not good for you to be alone Mm -hmm. and he created Eve. So we see like, it's very evident that we need community. You know, Ecclesiastes four, um, it says two are better than one. I got it. I got a tattoo. The Roman numeral two, it represents Ecclesiastes four, nine through 12, where it says two are better than one. Like, We live in such an individualistic society. You know, what is your truth? Hmm. What is your, you know, it's so individualistic. However, God created us for relationship and community. And so I think identity is such a complex topic because when you have a friend, you know, you've heard the saying that show me your friends, I'll show your future. We become like the people we hang out with, like even like little mannerisms. Mm-hmm. So like my sister and I, we hang out all the time and people think we look so much alike. So even though maybe in physical appearance, we don't look identical, probably our mannerisms are even more <laughs> similar yeah. just because we hang out so much. And that's not bad. I think um, it's fun to be able to pick up on mannerisms of people we hang out with and have fun inside jokes and things like that. But to the core of our soul and our identity and what you believe tr- to be true about yourself has to be anchored in the Lord. And again, kind of coming back to what I was talking about earlier of 
being to that place where you're so secure that you are not looking for anything from people, but you just wake up to love and to serve. Mm. And that you have received more than enough affirmation, joy, peace, love from the Lord, from that time that we were talking about of being with him. And Peter, it says that his grace and his peace are yours in abundance. The Lord lacks nothing. And when we grow in that intimacy with him and we grow to hear his voice, it, sh- it changes and it shifts everything in your life. And you no longer look to people for fulfillment, for satisfaction. I think, I, okay, I will speak to this a little bit. In dating relationships, you do not need another person to complete you. And when you get to that place, it's it's just, it'll spiral. Mm-hmm. I have, yeah, I won't go too much into it. But I've just seen that oftentimes we think life will be better if I just find the one. Well, people usually find the one and then another one and then another one. <laughs> and so I think the issue it always comes back to us. And even if you have been wounded by the brokenness of other people, the only person you can truly control is yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And being satisfied in Jesus. And I've been just contemplating this thought for, for a few weeks now is that using the season of singleness as devotion unto the Lord. Like, this is a time for me to, like, this is all for you, Jesus. I'm not distracted by anything else. Like, yes, I have the things of my job and my family and friendships. But right now, I want to use the season as unto the Lord building his kingdom. And I've been thinking about this question. What if single young adults, if we could catch the cause of Christ as much as people put effort into their dating relationships, how much would God's kingdom, bringing his kingdom on earth look like Mm -hmm. if we picked up the cause of Christ and, and bringing his kingdom onto earth. I've, that's just been a thought going through my head right now. So even that phrase, a single woman or a single young adult, that's an identity. And some people hate that identity. Some people take pride in that identity. But it's an identity. And I've even heard that, that phrase, season of singleness. I'm turning 28 this year. And I remember being 14 years old and just having a moment with the Lord. And I'm like, Lord, just help me get married by 20. We'll buy a house when I'm 22. Maybe have babies by the time I'm like 23. And then I'll be set. But if I get in my late 20s and I'm still single, like I remember physically feeling ill. And I'm like, God, I'm just going to, I just, I can't imagine life being single in my 20s and blah, blah, blah. But yet here I am and I'm 28 and I'm single, but I'm so content. Mm -hmm. I'm not lacking anything. And if the Lord, and it's still a desire of my heart to get married someday, but that's not my identity. Mm -hmm. That's not what defines my decisions. I don't wake up every morning wondering, is this the season? Is this the day? Am I going to meet someone? Like my love, my affections are pointed at heaven. And I receive like the love that I receive from Jesus is far beyond anything that I can ever receive from a man and recognizing that I am whole and complete in the Lord mm-hmm. and recognizing that we, we are better together. Mm-hmm. So I believe that, you know, when we compliment each other in marriage, like it's such a good thing. It's such a sacred, holy thing. 
However, like Paul even says, it's better be single. So if you can do, if you can be single, just stay single. Like it's, <laughs> it's just simpler. Like there are moments in my life where I'm like, thank you God for this simplicity right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like my mom always said, if you think that you're selfless, get married and marriage will refine you and show you how selfish you really are. And then if you get to a point where you think, wow, I feel like I've reached that point. I'm, I'm selfless. Then have babies. And then again, you'll realize how selfish you really are. And so I just like recognize I'm in this sweet season where all I truly have to worry about is like my well-being. Obviously like caring for the needs of those around me, but it's just such a simple season. And so again, coming back to, am I identifying myself as a single woman thinking that I lack because I don't have a husband, especially in ministry. You can feel that sometimes there's that, there's that, there's that tension. And I just think I know that you are whole and complete in the Lord without a spouse, but having a spouse is good. Marriage is a good thing. However, don't discount the call and the assignment that God has on your life right now Mm. and think this is just a season of singleness. I don't know when this season is going to end. Just live life. You just go run. Go run hard. Chase the things of of heaven. Chase the things of God. Chase the things that he's, the passions that he's placed in you. Don't wait for someone's permission. Just go. Oh, that's such a good reminder. Preach, just preach. I mean, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Such a good reminder. So one of the things with YWAM, tell us what YWAM is. You've already kind of explained Respect the Corners. What are you doing now? Like, what's new? You're describing this morning. You're just ready on a roller coaster. You're just at that tipping point. Exciting things are happening. Watch trekking. How are you bringing the gospel around the world? Yes. So for those of you who don't know, YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission. And I've heard many people have many different experiences with YWAM. But with anything in life, people are flawed. And um, people have different experiences. And every experience I've had with YWAM, it's been an opportunity to walk in humility and to humble myself. And I'm very grateful for the leadership that I'm under. I truly believe that they love the Lord. They hear from the Lord. And being under their leadership, I believe that they love me. They have my best interest in mind. And so it's just such a fun ministry to be a part of. So under the umbrella of YWAM, I am in a ministry called Respect the Corners or RTC. YWAM loves acronyms. Um, (laughs) And again, like I mentioned earlier, we use the platform of fitness to fulfill the Great Commission and share the gospel. So um, the two primary words of the Lord over RTC is to send coaches and to trek Bibles. And so we are training up coaches using the specific sport of CrossFit and we're sending them out into the nations as missionaries using the, the platform of fitness to serve people and build relationships, which is very effective because when you suffer with people, there's just an instant (laughs) bond. It just, it happens. Um, and then trekking. So there are remote villages throughout the world that you cannot access via plane or vehicle. So we use our fitness to trek Bibles. I personally have not gone on a trek yet, but, um, the vast majority of our leadership just got back from a trip, um, to a specific nation that we have partnership with and we have people on the ground there. 
And they just said, guys, we have to go. We have to go back. We have to get more people to come with us because everywhere we turn, there's people who've never even heard of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we have the opportunity to bring them their own Bibles in their mother tongue. And there's just this sense of anticipation that we are about to see multiplication like we've never seen before. And we are just wanting to be ready and steward what the Lord's given us well. And so I did my DTS in 2019. DTS is six months long. And then the end of my DTS was when COVID hit. So I came back home for a year and a half. And then I really felt like the Lord was calling me back to staff full time. And (laughs) I mean... I'm the kind of person where you just, if you're going to do something, you just send it. You just go all in. And I felt the Holy Spirit just say, Jess, send it. So I literally shipped my car to Kona, like just told my friends and family, I'm diving full time into life as a missionary with YWAM. I'm nine months in and I really believe like the next 10 plus years is going to be doing what I'm doing now. And Aside from the, the, you know, again, talking about titles, identity, missionary, vocationally, whatever that might be, the burning desire of my heart is to see the Great Commission fulfilled. Mm-hmm. So whatever that looks like, whatever the cost, um, I'm ready to go to the hardest and darkest nations of the world, to the hardest, darkest places of our own nation. I'm just willing. He, The Lord has my yes, and I know that he is faithful, and the reality of the kingdom of heaven is better than anything we could ever hope or imagine. And there are people who don't really know what that is. There's a blanket of American Christianity where people just see the wounds and the flaws of um, people who've gone before us. And so they, they kind of paint God with the brokenness of humanity, but truly that's not God. Like it, we, that's why the word of God is so important because we see him for who he really is. He is not a man. There is no flaw in him. There is, he is full of joy and peace. The kingdom of God is righteousness. It's peace. It's joy. It's better than anything we could ever hope, ask, or imagine. And so we can see in these last days, you feel the tension in society. You feel and you can see the brokenness around us in our own nation, throughout the world. But God also said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit like you've never seen before. And so that's what we're anticipating, that we can see the darkness. We can see and feel the tension um, around us and the agenda of just really the enemy mm-hmm. and and the brokenness of humanity. But we also can see that the Lord, his kingdom is coming. His kingdom is here. We are carriers of his kingdom. We are revivalists, meaning that we carry the kingdom of heaven and that we can literally usher in the kingdom of heaven into every room, every conversation that we have. And we have the spirit of the living God residing on the inside of us. And so currently I am um, under the, the ministry of YWAM and under great leadership. And I'm honored to be a part of it and have truly so much hope for what's to come that's so exciting how can we as listeners be praying for you as you enter this next season with ywam and exploring different ministry opportunities yeah i would just honestly pray for more laborers 
That's the first thing that comes Matthew to mind. Matthew nine thirty eight. Pray to the Lord of the <laughs> harvest to send laborers into the harvest field. Shout out to Shoop. Yeah. <laughs> Inside joke. Every every day at nine thirty eight, uh, Pastor Shoop has an alarm and it goes off and he prays that every day at a.m. and p.m. So. That's yeah. where that inside joke comes from. Even during staff meeting, it goes and is the old person flash where it flashes oh and gosh. buzzes and makes noise, all of it, just so he can remember. We love you, shoot. <laughs> That's amazing. But it's true. Um, praying for more, not necessarily missionaries, but just more laborers who recognize that as believers, there's a mandate mm-hmm. on us to fulfill the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? To um, share the gospel and mm-hmm. to make disciples. You know, when Jesus in Acts, when he ascended back into heaven, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And so when we have these church services or conferences or camps, whatever that is, and we feel like we have these wild, crazy experiences if we walk away unchanged and nothing changes in our life and we're not moving onto something, did we really encounter God? Because Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That means you are empowered to go into your schools and not necessarily stand on your table and preach the gospel, but you are empowered to live a godly life. You are empowered to respond in love when you're criticized or harassed or or receive persecution of any kind. Mm -hmm. You are empowered to go into your workplace. You are empowered to be Jesus to your family. Gosh, that is something else I'm so passionate about is the restoration of families. We all crave and hunger to to belong and to be loved. And there's there's such a dysfunction in, in the family. And if everybody just took ownership just saying you know not reacting a certain way because you know mom said this dad does this brother does this but taking ownership of your behaviors of your actions and choosing to be a revivalist in your family i think it would change our nation i know it would change our nation and so yeah when you think of think of me think of think of the harvest think of praying and saying god would you send more laborers not necessarily to ywam kona i mean yes if you're interested in being a part of uh, respect the corners or ywam or you have questions i would love to answer any questions but it's so much bigger than us we're just one player in the game one part of the body of christ yes 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 and so it's going to take all of us it's not one ministry. It's not one organization. It's not one particular leader. It's going to take every single one of us to fulfill the Great Commission. So good. Matthew nine thirty eight. Connor, do you have anything? Any I got nothing. Questions? You got nothing? No, that's great. Okay. You okay if we pray for you, Jess? Yes, please. So, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Jessica McDaniel. We just thank you for, for her knowing you and your word and being secure in you and just sharing sharing her testimony. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and our word of our testimony. And, and we just thank you for that today. Lord, would you just prepare the way for her as she enters into new ministry opportunities with YWAM? We pray that you to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers, send laborers to YWAM, to just the church in general, to go and make you known across this world, um, that you would be made known 
in such a special and mighty way, but first that it would start with us. Lord, I pray that revival would start in our hearts, that we would mm -hmm. take up the cause of Christ for ourselves so that families would be made whole, so that people would be restored mm -hmm. and restored unto you, finding satisfaction in their identity in you. Lord, we pray against all the lies of the enemy when it comes to identity, and we just pray that your truth would just be fall today. Lord, that they would just rest in the knowledge and saving power of Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 So thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Waste and Wild, where we interviewed Jessica McDaniel. Just as the earth was waste and wild, as described in Genesis, God developed order out of it. So too, we want to develop and grow our faith through authentic discussions. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas that you want us to talk about, email wasteandwildinfo at gmail.com.